Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, touch your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys going to get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games, yeah they on it. They fly like a comet, interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic, no one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh yeah. I hear the bing. Welcome to episode 71 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. I may be Jordan Steinhoff. <laughs> and we're here to get voice to your inner geek. And right now, your inner geek is saying, eh, we don't know yet. <laughs> uh, if you keep putting out this blistering content pace, know. you know. Nobody can keep up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Everybody tells me who can me, do three eps a year. Everybody tells me to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> then when you do, <laughs> oh, so uh, let's just go ahead and get right into what is what is going to be going on with all us geeks. Um, well, Jeff, I'm glad you've asked. Yes, I did ask, and I asked. I did ask Jordan this <laughs> not too long ago. Uh, we decided since the year was coming to an end here that we better make a decision one way or the other or figure out if all us geeks could fit into our lives still, what the heck's going on. So uh, we're going to start off with basically uh, all us geeks moving forward, what's kind of going on in the general sense of things. Uh, and I see we've got some some people on Mixler, so thanks for coming on and hanging out. Looks like Nikki's back too. Yay. Uh, we got Don, we got Nate, we got Mike, we got Nikki. Thank you guys for coming out to find out what the hell's going on with us because honestly, we don't know. Uh, Nikki says she miss hear- misses hearing our voices. <clears throat> I mean, Hi, Nikki. the, the lie is awesome and we appreciate it. <laughs> so, all us geeks moving forward, just straight out, we are going to continue. We've made that decision. There's going to be some minor changes here and there. The game of crowdfunding, I'll start with that. The interviews are going to be on a case-by-case basis. I'm not going to have as much time to do those. I haven't had as many people asking about them anywhere, anyway. Or anywhere. Or anywhere. (laughs) Nate says he lost a bet. (laughs) Screw you, Nate. (laughs) Ha, that's what you get. Oh, and we got two people listening elsewhere. (laughs) Our, our infamous Elsewhere. Hello, Elsewhere people. You can, of course, join us over on Mixler and talk to us in chat if you would like. So the game of crowdfunding, it, the interviews are going to be on a case-by-case basis. You know, every once in a while I do have somebody reach out. Of course, while they were reaching out was when we were pretty much on hiatus and I didn't have time. Paul, I don't know. I haven't talked to Paul in a while, so I don't know if... I don't think he's going to be doing any more interviews. If he wants to, he, he can. Uh, we haven't talked in a while. I have seen him on Facebook. He he moved very active in in theater and, and other things, and that is a passion of his from when he moved. That was part of the reason I think he moved. So he's been very busy. And luckily, like I said, we haven't really had a lot of people looking for interviews. So I kind of just – he's doing his thing, and we've been doing our thing, obviously, for those – who don't remember or don't know, I've been doing a lot of voiceover work, so that's where a lot of my time is spent. I'm still behind a mic a lot, just uh, actually getting paid for it. So there's that. The draft oh, time with me isn't good enough for you? <laughs> it's a different kind of pay. <laughs> Some might say lower. <laughs> By the way, too, if uh, you know this, like Jordan and I hanging out tonight, We've seen each other as much as you've heard us lately. <laughs> so that that tells you how busy we've we we haven't even we've barely made time for to to be able to get together. I think we have once, right? We we finally kind of said 
you know, the dreaded night of never ending <laughs> games. Yes. Which you'll probably hear about a little bit later. <laughs> so we haven't had a, a lot of time to talk either. Like I said, most of our decision to keep all us geeks going was done via Facebook messenger because we just haven't been able to get together draft picks. So Sarah and Jacob, obviously they were doing the audio for a while. Then they went to written. Now they're not doing them anymore either. Sarah is actually off and doing her own podcast with a few people now, so that's cool. She's still in the podcasting realm, and it's still around gaming. I think she's doing a, a podcast with a few other ladies that are in kind of in the gaming industry or around the gaming industry, so that's kind of cool. But draft picks for right now are just not going to be done. <laughs> I mean, uh, if we have anybody, when this finally comes out, if we have anybody that wants to take up that mantle, the draft picks are something that I know a lot of people loved, a lot of people look forward to. I like them. Uh, I, it's one of those things that we created here that I, I'm pretty proud of. Every once in a while, even Richard Bliss and I have talked about it, not doing it again, but just like, you know, that was a cool thing we did, you know, way back when. So for it to continue in the All Us Geeks realm would be great, but it's a very back burner thing at this point, And I definitely don't have the time to continue it right now. So the main podcast, of course, will be back. Jordan is going to take over editing. So that is a change. So uh, that's going to be awesome, which will probably be help make sure things get out in time. Because again, as well, let's not set that bar too high. <laughs> well, let's just, <laughs> let's just say in, in general, when I'm looking at the order of things that are going to get done paycheck stuff usually comes first reasonable <laughs> which in some aspects helps this podcast because while we do still have patreon supporters which is surprising we have dropped below the th okay and, and there's an episode coming by the way that we actually address that a little bit where we actually started losing patreon supporters way before we went on hiatus which may have contributed to part of our hiatus funk for a while, but it's understandable that, you know, it's, it's amazing that there are still people out there. Either they've forgotten that they put a card out there or something. I don't know, but they're still supporting us. We're just, we're just shy of being fully funded actually, which is not a bad place, I guess, for us to start in the new year with us kind of kicking off the podcast again. So I'm all right with that. I'm willing to cover that extra and I've got a little bit of extra money coming in from voiceover. So we'll use that until we can kind of get an established base again for Patreon. So let's see. Uh, Jordan will take over editing. Jordan's already said he's not going to edit <laughs> as tediously as I do. That's understandable. I don't blame him. <laughs> so those people joining us on, on Mixler, you're probably going to hear pretty much close to what some of the episodes will sound like going forward. <laughs> and, um, I think that's about it for us returning. Uh, I will say, like, I am, Jordan's going to take over editing. I am almost done with uh, episode 69 is, is what we have to put out. Which app? Ep, you know which one. The, the one that during the app you wouldn't do this childish <laughs> shit, but now you want to do it. <laughs> so episode 69 and 70 still have to be put out. I'm more. Hey, what are you pointing at me for? I said going forward. Going forward, yeah. So going forward, you, I, I didn't know if you wanted to take episode 70 as your testing point. Episode 69, of course, is the uh, last time Don was on. So we can we find- We have some stale anime news. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm uh, rushing to get that out. I, I think I'm about two-thirds done with that. I was actually editing it a little bit before you came over. Uh, so I want to get that done. It's also helping me kind of test the template that I was going to- give to you to use for editing going forward. So that's cool. Uh, and again, I, if, if you want to take 70, if you want me to edit 70, let me know. I'll take it. We're going to work on getting not only that out, but then this episode out and kind of try to stay somewhat current going into the new year. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add about this? Did you want to sneeze or? <laughs> I have forgotten your house of many dogs. <laughs> yes. And we're, we're, and we're dog sitting this this week, so he got an extra shot of dog yes. when he came in the door. I will add that to my list of things to do now. Allergy <laughs> pills. <laughs> no, I think you've recapped it very well. All right. So, episode 69 is coming. That'll be the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Juvenile! Uh, <laughs> a little bit. 
And it will have Don, the anime guy, in there. And, of course, Don is welcome to continue uh, doing his segment as well. Now that we're kind of kicking off again, we are going to go back to uh, every other week. So every other Tuesday, barring something happening for one of us, we should be here on Mixler. And then we should hopefully get an episode out sometime after that. (laughs) That seems like a good commitment. The episode will be out after. (laughs) Yes. Well, I don't want to, I mean, you got to find your rhythm and when you want to release and all that kind of stuff. And uh, especially if you want to really, I see, I was going to set you up for sex episode six. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I wasn't going to take it that far. Uh, and we're, you know, we still want to do like uh, the, the two days to Patreon before it goes to public, all that kind of stuff. So we got to figure all that stuff out. Don says he'd be happy to continue. Yay. Woo. There was much rejoicing. <laughs> Or at least two rejoicing. <laughs> okay, so for this episode, th- now, usually this is kind of our like end of the year. We don't view things. We talk about things we've already reviewed or what was our favorite and all that kind of stuff. But we're just going to do an episode. <laughs> you know, it, we, we don't have a lot to pull from <laughs> in 2016. We, we There's a, quite a gap there. We haven't released anything. There's a few things we haven't released yet. <laughs> <laughs> that we recorded in 2016. So we're just going to go ahead and, and do a regular episode. It might be a, a shortened episode. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I know I didn't fill out the, the full five things on most of the stuff that I, I put down. So it might go a little bit shorter. But we wanted to come good. on. Liked it. <laughs> wanted to come on. We wanted to let you guys know what's going on. And then we also wanted to just kind of record an episode and, and go from there. So we are uh, not going to do geek news or any of that kind of stuff tonight. Although, of course, you know we're recording on the day that everybody's talking about. Unfortunately, Carrie Fisher died today, so that sucked. <laughs> 2016 claims another one. 2016 can bite it. Seriously, four more days. <laughs> it's, that's a lot of time. I know. You've seen what it's done yeah. so far. <laughs> Last saying. week or so is like. You dead, you dead, you dead. Somebody's hey, right. hey, hey, what what did you like as a child? No, I'm not telling you, 2016. <laughs> what was your favorite cartoon? No. <laughs> We're not having this conversation. Go away. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get into Game Review, which is sponsored by Matt Warden, one of our Patreon supporters. So, hardcore dude hardcore <laughs> he's, he's not alone actually we have we do still have more more supporters that are part of sponsoring because we we have we have supporters that aren't part of the sponsoring thing they just kind of gave us money and said you know don't ever mention me mm-hmm. which works for this podcast <laughs> but we have more supporters that we usually use on this list than we can actually fit in one episode i was surprised by that I mean, it's not it's not by like a lot, <laughs> but there you go. We have six segments and potential yeah. segments. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, Matt is continuing to support us, even though we haven't put out anything in a while. Thank you very much, Matt. So we will start putting stuff out. Of course, Matt is my co-sponsor for Protospiel Minnesota, which is coming up here at the end of January. So that is going to be another great event. You haven't attended a protospiel before, you definitely should, especially if you like the gaming industry. It doesn't have to be Protospiel Minnesota, but we'd love to see you. But we just would like people to start attending more protospiel events. And there are health benefits to protospiels. They do help you pass <laughs> kidney, kidney stones. stones. Yes, yes, they do. I I know this one firsthand. All right, so game review. We are going to review Pandemic the Cure. Or, as it's called in this house, Hostage Situation 2016. <laughs> the safe uh, space. The one and only time that Jordan and I got together was Jordan and his wife Sarah and me and Megan. And we decided to break out one of the games we broke out. We decided to play games and have a little food and just kind of BS. Was Pandemic the Cure. Now, if I've never mentioned it before... My fiance is very competitive. And so you would think, well, first of all, the first time I ever introduced her to a co-op game, 
she didn't understand the concept. It was always, but how do I beat you? <laughs> like, you don't. But no, no. But how do I win? I mean, I, I've got to win more than you, right? <laughs> um, so she's very competitive. Her her family is very competitive. Um, I've I've actually had my hand slapped by her grandmother while they were teaching me a card game I didn't know because I did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, you clearly deserved it. <laughs> clearly. So we broke out Pandemic the Cure, which is a cooperative game. Cooperative dice game. So, you know, if you've played Pandemic, this is a dice version, which is faster, which is one of the reasons why I thought, Megan, well, the game itself is faster. <laughs> How long you sit at the Each table. individual round, yes. <laughs> which was another reason why I thought it'd be a good idea to play it with Megan, because she likes faster games and there's less downtime and all that good stuff. So those are all things that she likes when we play games. So we played Pandemic the Cure that evening, and ah, what did we play? Five six, or six times. seven times, something like that, 12, somewhere in there. Yeah. 13 hours. Basically, Megan decided that nobody was leaving the table until we won at least one game. We played until 1, 1.30 in the morning, the something morning, like yeah. that. And then she finally released our hostages, <laughs> Jordan and Sarah. They were free to go. <laughs> we have won this game. You may go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So for those that aren't aware, Pandemic the Cure, again, is a cooperative dice game. It plays somewhat like Pandemic in that you are trying to eradicate the viruses that are outbreaking all over the world. And you play a team of scientists and or different things, basically. Every, the, you, ha, you take on a role. Every role has some different abilities, and has their own custom dice in this version of Pandemic. So where in normal Pandemic, where you have the role and you have some abilities you can do, that is kind of mirrored in having custom dice in this particular uh, game. So like if you roll your special symbol or whatever, you get to do whatever your special thing is. So Mike says, holy crap, Pandemic has exploded. The Cure, Pandemic, Iberia, and Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu are now all on my list. You forgot Legacy. Everybody seems to love Legacy, Pandemic Legacy. You're going to have your set of dice. You're going to roll them when it's your turn. And all of them have, again, symbols of different things you can do, like how you can move. So some characters can only move by boat, which is adjacent spaces. Some can move by airplane, which is anywhere they, they want to go. Things like that. So they'll have specialized symbols for your role. Again, their special abilities, if you can treat... Stuff, stuff like that. Um, variable treating, number of syringes. Yeah, variable treatings. And then you're also going to have, was it the epidemic? Was it an epidemic symbol? Epidemic symbol. Or was it a biohazard? Epidemic symbol. Thought biohazard. It was the biohazard. Biohazard symbol that kicks off the epidemic. Yep. There we go. So they'll have biohazard symbols on them. Then those are the, so most of your dice, uh, you can continue to re-roll and, until you want to use them, but every time you roll a biohazard you basically have locked that die so pretty pretty standard for this type of kind of push your luck style thing where there's something bad that can potentially happen and if it happens you've lost that die kind of thing so you'll use your dice and your ability to try to eradicate the viruses and of course the Team wins if all the viruses are eradicated. You lose if there's an outbreak or there's too many outbreaks. What is it? Too many outbreaks. Uh, it's too many outbreaks. It is... Is that it? No. The infection rate The infection oh, rate right. reaches the end tracks. of the infection track. Yeah, there's the infection that track. track and the outbreak. And then there's too many outbreaks. So if you get eight or more outbreaks, that's a loss. And then there's too many people infected. Yeah, we don't care um, about the people. Yeah, people don't care. So, um, you know, there are, there are infection steps, and if, they're, um, <clears throat> if there's not enough dice, basically, to kind of put out, yep. right, of, of the type that you're looking for. Um, so that is the three ways you can lose the game, and you win as soon as you discover all four disease cures. So I, keep, I said eradicate a few times. That, that's the difference between this one and pan, the regular pandemic. You, you actually don't get to eradicate a disease. In this game, they they all go back into the bag, but and they can continue to come out. They're easier to get rid of if you found the cure, 
basically though, you're focused on finding the four cures and I don't know about less. Cause I don't know if you, sometimes you focus on eradicating a disease in, in pandemic, but you're still kind of focused on finding the four cures for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one doesn't have that eradication factor where you get to remove a disease. And there is an expansion out for it already as well, which we haven't played yet, but we have here. We're just letting Jordan and Sarah finish therapy first. Well, I'm done, but Sarah <laughs> needs a couple more hours, I think. <laughs> Anything else I should add to the beginning of this before we just start talking about like components and all that good stuff? Or No, I think that covers it. Okay. So, components. We'll talk about the components below. Of course, we already talked about you get custom dice. You get, I forget what that, what, what's the middle piece That's called? the CDC, isn't it? It's kind of the CDC, yeah. I yep. mean, it's, it's basically like the treatment center or the CDC. And then you've got discs around the CDC that mm-hmm. are the various places on the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those tell you what type of diseases are going to, potentially break out there and how likely they are to break out there. You you kind of get an idea when you go to roll the dice that you pull out where they might go. So if you again if you get like black die and you look on you look around the world, you can see where the black die might hit and if you see like two or three bars in a location that's where it's primarily probably going to go. So those are some indicators that you can kind of use when you're looking to cure different places and stuff before you get into that roll. I suppose just real quick, I should have done that. So you roll player dice and you do actions based on your dice. You can give samples. You try to find a a cure if you can, and then you infect regions. That's kind of the, the basis of that. So components, you got your dice, Custom dice, again, for each character. There's more characters than you're going to play, more roles than you're going to have out uh, on any given game. So there's some... Apparently it takes about five <laughs> hours to figure out the sweet spot of character fixes. <laughs> and then there's the uh, the uh, CDC thing is like a plastic, hard plastic kind of ring. Mm-hmm. And it's got some tracks on it, which you have pegs that, are, that look like syringes that you use to do the tracking. And then you have the discs, which are, again, Continents. the locations, which are just cardboard, right? Those, yep. those are just chipboard uh, around it. And then the cards that show your role and and reference cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's about it. Other than, oh, pawns. Pawns for who you are and all that yes. good stuff. So overall, what did you think of the components when we were playing this one? It took me a while to figure out that those were supposed to be syringes. <laughs> and in the case of our game couple of the holes were not properly drilled, but the important stuff, the dice, dice are cool. They look really good. They're uh, custom dice, so it's not just pips one to six. It's got your symbols, and the symbol's really good, and the player mats are, I mean, nothing special, but they don't need to be because most of the action is taking place in the center of the table anyways mm-hmm. and but the the component quality uh it's good i didn't find other than not recognizing a needle <laughs> <laughs> and a couple holes that weren't properly drilled i have no real complaints about it yeah that was that was probably the weirdest thing was it not actually fitting in all the pegs properly which could have, I mean, if you're going for like a needle kind of aspect, you could have slimmed down the end for the syringe. And honestly, I thought it was a pen. Yeah. For the first game. <laughs> no, wait a second. So o- overall, the components were decent. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like you said, the, the dice were cool and having the different custom dice and all that good stuff was nice. They were decent dice, good, he- heavy, uh, decent dice for rolling. But yeah, the, the fact, I mean, it, it kind of, it's kind of irritating when you're trying to do the tracker and it won't stay in place and, <laughs> and and all that kind of stuff. So that was a little bit annoying, but it wasn't a complete showstopper, obviously, because we played six or seven times. At least it wasn't a showstopper for Megan. Uh, <laughs> I tried to make it a showstopper. <laughs> so overall, the, the components for Pandemic the Cure were pretty decent. I was pretty happy with them overall. I know we're not reviewing it, but the expansion just adds more of the same, which is pretty cool. The only thing I don't like so far about the expansion expansion is it comes with stickers. <laughs> so that's all Megan. Like, you want to play this game? You put the stickers on. So mechanics. What did you think about the mechanics for 
pandemic the cure i think for the most part they they work fairly well we had a few questions on event timings and stuff like that the first game actually how the cards worked as opposed to when best to play them in our later games but everything flows well the uh the little action order or turn summary i should say is it's accurate there's no real gotchas in there you don't need the ffg style flow chart here or anything <laughs> like that it, it flows well it there's there's no big questions halfway through the first game everything was ticking and i think that was more distraction due to the fact that we were eating <laughs> but no the mechanics are, are are fairly sound each uh, each step flows into the next there's all individual steps there's no overlap there's not a lot of questionable moments on should we be doing this now or later kind of stuff it's it, it it's put together well and it flows smoothly yeah i think what i thought was interesting is they i thought they did a really good job of porting what pandemic is into this dice game version of it i mean uh, again you know you're not getting the eradication but just about everything else that you can think of from regular pandemic is here. I mean, you've got the epidemics, you have the outbreaks, you have all of those things. You have action cards that work a little bit different. You don't get your own action cards, but there's like a community set of action cards. And, and the outbreaks are buried in there too, just like in the <clears throat> the board game. Yeah. In the action deck? No. No, the event deck. Wasn't... We had something come up. I thought they were all by the biohazards symbols. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because <clears throat> the, the oh no, cause we the, had the cards that let you manipulate the right. Yeah, okay. Because the the action deck, um, or event deck, is really slim. Remember, it's mm -hmm. like just a few cards, but they kind of get recycled in easily because they kind of go to the bottom of the deck or whatever. But there's like three out that is for general use. We any of us could use it, but you had to spend. The cures that you have been doing along the way. So yep. remember when you're rolling your dice and you get your cures, you kind of set them off to the side. And then you collectively spend them. You know, this one takes three, four cures. Is this the one we want to do? Or do we want to save up for the bigger event? And then once you use the event and spend on it, it goes again to the bottom of the deck and the next one comes out. So you've always kind of got three events or three actions, action cards, events, blue. That, yeah, that was a big thing for do. me, having it be communal, because apparently based on the sales and the number of expansions and variations of this game, I'm in the minority in that I really don't think the original game is all that great. It's mm -hmm. not bad, but my biggest bugaboo with that is we've I've always played it at max players, so I always find there to be, just for my personal taste, a little bit too much downtime. But in this case, letting everybody discuss the need for events and the cost of events and the dice rolling aspect a little bit faster than and travel travel around the world is definitely <laughs> faster <laughs> yeah. so that that sped the game up significantly that was a big plus for me yeah def definitely so i think they did a really good job of porting what pandemic is for its essence and making it a really nice basically more casual uh, cooperative game. In, oh, I'm in, waiting for the legacy in edition dice version. of <laughs> Pandemic the Cure Dice Game Legacy. We should probably mention, too, Finding a Cure is based off of a totaling up of dice rolls. Remember, you, you take your dice, you roll them, and you have to roll a certain number or yes. higher to actually get the cure. So that's something. It's um, you, you collect those type of dice. So... Your, if you're working on the black cure, you got to collect all the black cures, mm -hmm. uh, the black dice. And the the difficulty is set in that some of the dice have different a, a different range of values, right? Right. So, and I don't remember which one's the toughest, but, you know, you got the black cure, the red cure, the blue cure, and the yellow cure. I think those are the four colors, right? Uh, the diseases, I should say. And then once you've... Once a player feels they have enough of those dice, then they gather their dice that they have saved on their player card and go for the win. Yeah. And the one thing, too, that's interesting is if you're passing a die to somebody, you're passing one of your custom dice along with it. So you've got one less die that you're rolling until that cure is found and you get that die back. Is it found or just until it's rolled? No, found. Because as long as you keep those dice, 
that die stays with it. Okay. Um, so I thought that was interesting too, because that's one, again, one of those things where you have to make a decision. I mean, obviously you want to find the cures because that's your win condition, but as you're doing so like, Hey, I've got three black that I've put aside, but then I'm giving you, I'm spending my, my give die basically to give you one each time. And you keep that die until something, you know, until I get a way to get it back. So you're whittling down your own dice to help try to find that cure as well. So that's another thing I thought was kind of cool with in the mechanics of this. So again, overall, I think mechanically they did a really good job making Pandemic a short cooperative dice game. All right, so rules. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit, but why don't you go ahead with rules for Pandemic the Cure? What'd you think? I don't think we hit the book that much after setup and and the first couple of rounds of the game, just to make sure we had everything going the way we thought. The designers wanted it. <laughs> the book itself is pretty good. It's a nice big book. Lots of good examples. It's no wall of text that I remember. Mm-mm. And pretty pictures. Very pretty pictures. <laughs> it it does a good job of giving you everything you need uh, in the place that you you'd expect to find it, as opposed to just being a linear progression of rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, as a book and as a method uh, of explaining the game. I think it's a it's a good book. Yeah, it's uh eight pages cover to back. So and it's a basically a regular sized booklet, but like you said, it's not a wall of text for eight pages. There's there's lots of images, there's lots of of examples and kind of stuff like that. So it wasn't that bad at all. Like you said, we had a couple of things that we kinda of looked into, but overall, once we got going, I don't think we, we didn't hit the rule book very much. We had reference cards in front of us. You, once you get going again, it's the the, the flow is pretty easy to mm-hmm. you know you, you roll, you do your actions, you know, kind of go along. So the the main things that you do don't take you that long to kind of pick up, catch on to, and just keep going with. So rules wise, I think it's a pretty decent rule book this time around. Mm-hmm. So teachability for pandemic the cure, four of us, brand new to it, basically. Read the rule book as we were explaining it, basically. So we decided, decided uh, you know, Megan wanted to try it out, so we pulled it out. None of us had played before. And I don't, I mean, again, no issues. I think we were up and running pretty quickly, getting through setup and everything, and again, having the reference cards and everything. And, and it basically boiling down to four pretty simple phases. It was easy to teach. Mm-hmm. And it was easy for all of us to pick up. All right. So, replayability for Pandemic the Cure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to say that this is a fun game. And now that we're, what, two months past that, (laughs) and I've had some time to put that evening behind me, I would definitely like to play it again. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here and say maybe it's not a game you want to play for five or six hours in a row. But with the variable powers of the players, and of course, it's all dice-driven, so there's a lot of randomness there, as we found out. I think there's a lot of replayability. If if you like dice games, I think this is definitely first and foremost driven by a dice fetish. But if you, if you like dice games and if you like the original, this has got a very good feel of the original board game. So I think the, the replayability here is pretty high. Yeah. And again, you get the... The different roles. And, you and if you're can, playing with Megan, it, it will be. <laughs> it will be very high, yes. And you get the different roles that you can try out and stuff, and you can mix and match. Um, so you get some more replayability that way. And again, there is a there is an expansion out for it, which adds more roles and adds another disease and some other things as well. So if you want to top off your uh, replayability, you get some more out of it that way as well. But yeah, we, we played, like I said, Five to seven times, somewhere in there that night, we tried a bunch of different roles. We tried doing it randomly. We tried giving everybody a couple and picking. We did, you know, we went the gambit of different ways of uh, of mixing and matching the roles, and it did feel a bit different every every time. There's different strategies that you kind of had to take on. Different people had to do different things. So definitely. There's there's some solid replayability here. I found that the player roles here, just going back to mechanics for a second, but just as mm-hmm. as it came to my head now, <clears throat> the player roles here feel a little bit more impactful 
in the board game, a lot of the rules are kind of, as I recall it, kind of dependent on somebody else being near you or in the same area as you. And since this is a much smaller world and your travel is much easier, mm-hmm. a lot of, especially with another player roles, that is just, hey, I'm a helicopter. <laughs> I found the player roles to be more impactful. Yeah, I also think from the aspect of the fact that you have your own dice and the actions that come up on those dice, you kind of feel a little more in control of your role. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you still interact with everybody else. Uh, you still do your own thing deci- despite how much Megan wants to stab you in the throat <laughs> when you don't do what she wants you to. And there was multiple times. No, I'm going for the cure, woman. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, especially if you roll into a biohazard. Because <laughs> then, of course, she knew that was the outcome. <laughs> but, I mean, it, to me, it felt like you were a little more in control of your role because they were your dice and, and you had to deal with what was on them and how to spend it. And, again, you're, you're going to interact with everybody and try to find the best thing. But in regular pandemic, your actions are a little more open, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more of the, no, you do this and this and that, you know, it's more of the kind of trying to program it out exactly. And I think for me, that little bit of randomness in this particular instance helps this game immensely to to bring it just a little above pandemic, regular pandemic for me, for sure. I played pandemic in kind of pickup groups at game days before, and this this definitely fixes the alpha player, the person who's going to sit at the table and... I don't know if it fixed, Megan, but I mean... (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean, because you end up, there's always a person somewhere that's just going to, as you say, math it out from turn one. We've seen the initial board layout. This is our powers. This is what we have to do. You throw the randomness of the dice in there. All that goes away. A good chunk of that goes away. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely like that part. Um, all right. So um, theme for Pandemic the Cure. Uh, what do you think of the theme? Well, once I figured out those were needles, I mean, that just changed my rating completely. Because at first I was like, why the hell do we need pens in a digital office? I mean, this just makes no sense. Um, You know what? The theme is kind of, I'm going to say kind of light, actually. It kind of survives on the box art. Uh, if this was not pandemic, there would be nothing there that said this is a disease management game, except a couple needles and the biohazard symbols. And some plus symbol. And some, yeah. your, your health symbol. <laughs> the theme is pretty light. Like I said, I feel that it kind of survives or, or lives on the previous iterations of the game. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a franchise. So they're going to do that. Everything from the the board game is there in some form or another. So you have a a pandemic feel. So the theme of pandemic is definitely there. But just to look at it being kind of a, a medical research game, not so much. That's not a detractor, though, because it's a pretty light game. And like I said, it kind of slots itself into its own universe of pandemic more so than trying to be a standalone game yeah i guess i can see that i mean what what they did is right they took a very high level look at what you're doing in pandemic because like we said i mean you get to travel a lot easier there's there's less locations to worry about all that kind of stuff so you're not getting this 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 crawling spread that you get on the regular map um you you're you basically only have a few locations that you're dealing with. Um, so, and, and the dice go there. I mean, the jump will happen. Yeah. The jump, will but happen. it's just not to the same scope as the board. Game. Right. So it's, it's this much higher overview look of what's going on in pandemic. It's almost like it's, it's almost like you're in the more or less, more or less like the control room back at CDC yeah. and, and directing versus on the ground running right well it's like we talked about in XCOM too it's you're not taking on the roles of the individual soldiers you're the group leaders right and it's the same thing here like you say it's over you're you're in the secure bunker over in the basement of the (laughs) CDC hoping hoping nobody coughs in Atlanta but like you said it it doesn't affect the gameplay if anything it it 
kind of helps it in this particular game because it is a a, a more casual co-op game and and the dice aspect and and adding that that piece of random element to it um i i just yeah i think overall that there's there's nothing wrong with how that works out mm-hmm. yeah the theme might be a little light but it's definitely there you get that feel from it like i said i i think they did a really good job of porting the board game over so i'm o- i'm okay with how the theme turned out for this one for sure mm-hmm. All right, so now we get to our fun factor slash overall for Pandemic the Cure. What is your final say, sir? Well, again, a couple months later after that <laughs> that first night of trauma. Uh, if I was going to give this a number, I think this would be, uh, you know, somewhere between six and a half and a seven and a half. It was enjoyable. I want to play it again. There's nothing really wrong with it. There are no glaring errors that we had to overcome or mechanical issues it's dice driven and i like dice but it's also just not anything really outstanding even in the pandemic verse you know it's like you've got the board game which everybody started with and now everybody's playing a legacy campaign too and this kind of just slots in there as we want to play pandemic but not for two hours you know we just (laughs) (laughs) please not we just want a quick, light, fun game, which all this is. So fun factor, high, but, you know, not not super high. Definitely want to play it again, but it's not awesome. <laughs> there's, there's that Jordan enthusiasm <laughs> back on the mic. <laughs> but, I mean, in general, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I personally, one, for me, any game that Megan's willing to play that many times <laughs> obviously gets a little extra love because one, she's not a huge gamer and two for her to play a game more than twice sometimes is kind of a minor miracle for her to kidnap two people for an evening uh, is almost unheard of. <laughs> so in that aspect, and Look, you said there'd be cheese. You didn't say there were going to be ankle bracelets <laughs> yeah. too. Well, it comes with the cheese. Um, you got fancy cheese, though. No. <laughs> so, you know, I'm always pretty happy when I get those type of casual games that Megan can really latch on to. So for that, it's probably a little bit higher for me than it was for you. And, again, I think the everything they poured it into it, everything they did with it, I liked the minor quibbles are again just the manufacturing of my particular version where where the syringes don't always fit stuff like that but overall i enjoyed this game i would play it on any given game night i would play it in multiple game nights back to back i wouldn't want it to like always i wouldn't always want to do the six or seven games every time it comes out kind of thing definitely not it's, it's not that style of game but it is one that i wouldn't turn down if it came to the table and one I wouldn't mind bringing and, and seeing if other people wanted to play and teaching other people say at a convention or something like that. So I definitely enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. All right. So there we go. That's pandemic, the cure. And that's us trying to dust the cobwebs off of how we do this thing. Run out and pick up your copy of a good, but not awesome game today. <laughs> yes. Z man, right. you can put that on your website. <laughs> yes. Why don't we get more quotes on boxes? <laughs> hey, speaking of, I don't know if quotes maybe, on boxes. Well, did you? I'm assuming you got your copy of End of the Line. Yes. So, Seppi was uh, nice enough to put our put our logo on there. I saw that. That was very kind of him. That was pretty cool to see. All right. We are on what we're watching. Sponsored by Grey Gnome Games. Thank you very much, Grey Gnome Games, for sponsoring us over on Patreon so we can continue to talk about things that we watch. I ha- I only got a chance to put like two things on my list. Uh, so if you've got some stuff you want to talk about, go for it. I do have a few things. Westworld just completed recently and we watched that. As did we. It's yeah. not on our list. Really liked it. Um, Megan was Megan was on the fence for quite a while. Sarah was also kind of I'll be crocheting more than I'm Westworlding, but I'll be in the room. <laughs> I got a lot of that too. <laughs> did you get questions that were answered five minutes earlier? Yes. Yeah. So did I. <laughs> well, why did she do that? 
Were you paying attention five minutes ago? <laughs> yes. No. No, you weren't, or you wouldn't ask that. <laughs> the Expanse Season 2 starts in February, and that was just added to Amazon Prime free viewing, so I watched all that. Season 1, I should say. Did, I thought you already saw Season 1. Did you? Was it a rewatch? For yeah, it was a ready? rewatch. Okay. Yeah. Still not sure what I think of that. Well, you should But I'm going to sure, awesome. try Season 2, I guess, maybe. We'll see. You commit. You commit. <laughs> not an I guess. I am not committing. And right now, we're also working through Man in the High Castle Season 2, but that's uh, that's not Christmas viewing, especially not this year. <laughs> but we both like that. It started to diverge a little bit more from the story, so that's interesting. Most of our other TVs on Christmas break, so we haven't really been watching a whole lot. And then on the movie side, we went to see Rogue One. Meh. So do we, yep. Passengers. Meh. And last night we watched Now You See Me number two, which was really good. I liked it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. Well, we saw Rogue One as well. Um, probably. I know Megan liked it more than you did. Um, oh, I was did. I was okay with it. I think both Megan and I, the one thing I know that irritated both of us was the travel guide at the beginning. <laughs> let's let's see the galaxy kind of thing there was a lot i could forgive in that movie i mean i'll admit i was disappointed but darth vader doesn't make dad jokes <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say whatever <laughs> hey meow god's on Woo-hoo! hi meow god so yeah uh, i like i said i only have like two things that i put on my watching list and that was I'm watching the th- is it the third third season of Black Mirror, hmm. so I'm I think I'm about halfway through that right now, uh, but that's kind of what I'm watching off and on right now, uh, solo. And then Megan and I have both yes been, Jabba eh, been binge watching the Goldbergs, hmm. um, which we enjoy. I, it's a a decent little decent little comedy that's you know. Gives a nice nod to the 80s without hitting you over the head with the 80s, I think. Plus the family dynamic. The comedy for the family dynamic, plus the fact that it's all set in the 80s. Yeah, Sarah really likes it. It's, we, we've been enjoying it. Uh, there's some good episodes in there. And if you have siblings, some of them are hard to not associate. <laughs> Holy cap. Uh, Sod's in, too. Wow. Wow. Everybody. Banner. Everybody. Banner numbers. Oh, what the hell? Told Jordan right before we started, we need to go on hiatus more often. (laughs) Get a turnout like this once a year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So um, those are the two things I put on my what we're watching. Because that's all I could think think of at the time. Actually, I was doing this a little bit right before you came, plus trying to episode edit the episode plus i came down here and of course mixler wanted to update which i'm glad i came down here before you got here for that <laughs> that was a really bad multitasking because that's too many locations to try to do <laughs> usually when you multitask you should do it all in one room it makes it easier <laughs> all right so what we're reading slash listening to this one is sponsored by the man who left earlier, Anime Don. <laughs> Anime Don is sponsoring us still over on Patreon, which we appreciate. And like we said, we are back. Liz, uh, Royal Games is in. Got another list. I mean, seriously, what the hell? Everybody's around. <clears throat> Just coming to see if we were trolling them. No, yeah. their, their speed <laughs> isn't doing anything tonight. Yeah. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Not. Not the replay of our Walking Dead app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah replay, replay episode one. <laughs> Go way back. Again, in general, I haven't been reading or listening to a whole lot, so I've got well, like one thing on my list, and that is uh, the Walking Dead book thirteen. I think finally came out, and then Megan had it for like a month before she finally read it, and then I just recently read that one. So that's pretty much my my reading. Took took me a little by surprise because I, you know, it's so far between books since we read the books. <laughs> like opening that first page was like, 
oh shit, yeah, that happened. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot that. Whoops. Especially oh. keeping up with the show. Yeah. And, you know, they, and they're, they're not terribly behind the comics, I personally don't think, but at the same time, they, they kind of are. So, you know, thinking of the show and, and matching that to the comic where, you know, okay, that changed and this is different. And then suddenly opening up book 13 and going, Oh shit. Yeah. There's a whole thing <laughs> that I forgot about. So that was my re- reading. I'll just go for some of the highlights. I started reading a series by Benedict Jock earlier this year about character Alex Varus. He's an urban mage. It's essentially the Dresden files in England. That's unfair, but that's kind of the concept. He's a mage. There's a council of light and a council of, and, and, and then there are dark mages and he has a little shop. He's uh, one of the few publicly acknowledged mages who has a business, blah, blah, blah. But they're much smaller books, I mean. And they're eh, formulaic, but in a good way. Enjoyable. Uh, Alex Ferry series, Benedict Jaka. I think there's seven of them, and I've just finished the fifth or sixth. I don't know. On the audiobook side, the latest expanse book just came out <laughs> and i listened to it and it was good sure. <laughs> i'm sure the books are awesome <laughs> show <laughs> what else too much so there i'll just throw those out there but well, we are supposed to limit ourselves to five well i just don't covered, forget the rules i just covered five <laughs> books in one audio book so there you go all right <laughs> All right, so what we're playing, sponsored by Sheppy. Sheppy David S. is still sponsoring us over on Patreon. Thank you very much. And uh, for what we're playing, hey, I actually put down three things this time. Of course, wow. none of them are board games, although I can kind of, I, I've been playing XCOM too, and we played XCOM. <laughs> We also played code names. We forgot. I mean, oh, yeah, the, the, yeah. when when we played, yeah, um, we did uh, After Dark, right? We or we are deep whatever, deep cover, what? Yeah, the adult, uh, the adult version. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we played that the night we played Pandemic the Cure. So <laughs> we played those. But what I'm what I'm really let's see, Dead Rising Four. I had pre-ordered that, so I'm playing that. Which I was a little I was a little worried about it at first because. Um, Frank is back. Frank West is back. The original character from the first one, which the first one started in a mall. This one starts in a mall, but they've kind of spread out like the, the one like dead rising three and stuff is like a whole town and everything like this. So I was a little concerned about like, how are you going to keep that? I mean, it's supposed to be the world's defending lar- the county. Yeah, it's supposed to be the world's <laughs> largest mall. I get that, but how can you take it back to just a mall? Well, they didn't. It's, it's actually the city and you get to go in and out of the mall and stuff like that. The first, First case or something like that is just still is in the mall, and then you get to go out. So that's been fun. Like I said, it online at one part, but I may or may not have thrown on a shark cos- costume, th- threw on some brass knuckles, and just went to town <laughs> in a mob of zombies. <laughs> so things like that. <laughs> so far, too, the one thing I do like about this one, unless I just haven't hit it yet, is there's less timers. The last two hours of the game is just two minute timers. <laughs> yeah, that I keep waiting for it, but that's the one thing that kind of is a struggle in the early ones is because they they t- put you on a, a bunch of timed missions and they put you on multiple. I don't know if you've ever played it, but they put you on multiple. Mm-hmm. So At then you the have same to, time, yeah. You have so you have to one. decide yeah. what you're going to do and if you can try to get them, and that always bothers me because especially if you're kind of a completionist and you want to do everything so far no timers i think i'm three or four cases in so so far so good on the timer thing so that's good if, if they truly got rid of that on the bad side they got rid of saving oh really yes what is it just checkpoint or it's checkpoint, and so it's no longer like going into a bathroom and saving kind of thing. It's yeah, it's basically checkpoint. There's a couple of things some people have have posted about trying to kind of hack the save, but it doesn't always work. One of them is like it it doesn't auto save every time you take a picture, but 
it doesn't necessarily mean that's where you're going to start. It still goes back to the checkpoint a lot mm. of times. So that sucks. I that irritates me. Um, you should you should let me save in your game. <laughs> I mean, even if it's not a if it's not a me being able to save from a menu, you should at least have like okay the bathroom thing. Mm-hmm. Let me go back. Or in in this one, there's a bunch of you uh, liberate a bunch of emergency shelters, and they kind of become like a a place you can go to deal with vendors and stuff like that. If I go into an emergency shelter, make me say, let me save, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that bothers me a little bit. I mentioned XCOM 2. I've been playing that off and on, playing that before Dead Rising 4 came out. I was pretty sure I was going to lose again. I think I've restarted that game three or four times. The first one was after I finally understood the changes they made from the previous XCOM. So I was like, okay, let me start again. I had a game where still haven't fixed snipers. I still have not fixed snipers. And I, I was all I I uh, started I started again, and I was down to like they had like the timer had started, you know that end timer yep. crap, and I slowed that down, and but just by one, so I'm like that I'm gonna end this game's gonna kill me. Somehow I got it to under half. Nice. So I'm still playing that game that I was sure I was gonna and I was gonna uh, get get game over on. So I kind of feel like I got to keep kind of going back to it now. See what I can figure out. Now you're emotionally invested. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you had a scare, but you you walked it off. I have barely started Titanfall two, mm. just the uh, the solo stuff. Barely started that, and of course, the one game that you and I t- I talked to you about was I'm playing that that kind of like that Shop Heroes. Yeah. So it's it's an app, but you I mean you can play it on Steam, you can play it on your your tablet, your phone, you can play it through Facebook, all that kind of stuff, but it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Farmville for shop, a shop you're a shopkeeper that's trying to keep the heroes equipped and you gain experience by making and selling things to the heroes but you also gain experience you gain experience from selling to them but you can also sell in the trade house and get more gold you uh you use gold to upgrade your shop which you use gold to upgrade your shop on a timer, or you use gems, which of course, and you can get those from the trade house too. But you get those less frequently because you can buy gems with real money. Uh, what a microtransaction yeah, exactly. game! With um, and, and those are instant upgrades. But the, it's also kind of interesting in the fact that so you've got. And your, have you reached the hundred dollar mark invested <laughs> in this game yet? No. No. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing is, like, you have your own shop. And you're upgrading your shop, but you're also part of a city. And there are buildings in the city that do different things for you. So some of them like are, are give you every time you invest in a, in a, a building in your city, you the entire city. So, so it's kind of like a group play kind of thing. You join a city or you start your own city and try to get people to join your city. But investing in these buildings gives boosts to everybody in the city for a half hour per investment per not per invest, but per micro investment. So there's a minimum you have to invest Mm -hmm. every time you invest above and beyond. That's a half hour per transaction basically. So everybody gets these boosts and it might be like the upgrades in your shop cost less, less. If you do, if you have an upgrade going on and you upgrade that particular building that, that helps your shop, it'll cut down the time uh, that's left before it completes, you know, things like that. It'll unlock new heroes that you can send out questing for materials and that'll buy from your shop and, you know, just all these little things. So it's kind of interesting in that way. And then now I'm in a city because it was JT, JT from the game crafter got me into this game. He wanted me to join his city, which I did. And then he stopped playing. (laughs) So I went and found an active city or an active city asked me to come join them. So I did. And now I'm the guy that, like, holy crap, I can't do anything because everything costs too much and all this kind of stuff. But there's a lot of stuff that's unlocked, and now I get to participate in city raids, which are, you know, the city, come, everybody in your city gets to do together, and you get rewards based on that, uh, how, how far you go. So just participating in it, it, you get all the rewards that are unlocked up to whatever your level is kind of thing. Anyway, 
it's 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 fun. It's again, it's timer based. It's one of those things. I'm at a point in the game where most of my timers are an hour, two hours to three hours. So it's not an I have to constantly be on kind of thing. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, everything I'm doing is going to be two hours later. All right, I'll check back in two hours or whatever. So, but I, I've been in, I've been enjoying that, and I they've got some pretty cool stuff that I've been unlocking and. You know, you make everything from armor to swords to, you know, axes to scrolls, you know, every you know, jewelry, all kinds of crap. And So when are you getting into WoW? <laughs> I used to play WoW. <laughs> Solo, which again, that's a whole other story of people I pissed off. <laughs> people asked me to join and I played Solo. Anyway, so Shop Heroes. Jordan refuses to play. I do. Even though I said we could, we could have an Aulis Geeks City. It's a lonely, lonely city. <laughs> Two people. Well, I'm just saying, people listening, if they wanted to get into it, all this geek city. Lonely, lonely city. <laughs> Two people. <laughs> all right. Uh, what do you got? I have a mix of digital and tabletop. I got Call of Duty about a month ago, and it's taken me about a month to achieve mediocrity in the online play. So <laughs> I'm not getting waxed quite as hard as I used to be the first day I cracked it out of the plastic, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a good way to just sit down and blow a couple hours when you don't really want to think about other things. What else? No, apparently all my console time has been Call of Duty. <laughs> my wife has been right. Damn. On the tabletop side, getting in a lot of X-Wing and some Star Wars Destiny, which I am I like, the new dice game. Mm-hmm. Yep. First few times, like somebody recently posted... Who here plays Destiny? And I kept thinking of the, the video game. Video game. Yeah. Especially since I they just put just the expansion yes. on sale on with gold for like eleven bucks or something like that. So they find you could finally get it without the regular game you already paid for. <laughs> right. So I just bought it and somebody's like, Who's playing Destiny? I'm like, Oh, really? It's this relevant still? I was like, No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wrong game. Nope. Wrong game. Nope. <laughs> it is not relevant. <laughs> I, I put that little hope and dream over there. <laughs> And then I got Champions of Midgard for Christmas. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I'm looking. For, I'm, that's my looking forward to game because uh, it, it, I don't know. I like it, so I think it's kind of the the right balance of not too grindy and Norse mythology. That I can get my wife and a couple of her family members into it. And what else? My group is almost done. Skull and Shackles. We're halfway <laughs> through. AP five, so we only have one and a half APs left to go. I have started using Mike Solnicker's name as a curse. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I'm looking forward to Apocrypha when that comes out. I, I think that's that's the highlights. I think okay. COD, some Star Wars stuff. And, and Mike Skull. says, if you have a PS4, you should check out Let It Die. Um, I do not have a PS4. Megan and I have debated it. And I think Let It Die is one of the reasons. Uh, it's one of one of the games that we've talked about. My PS4 may have died. I um, was playing some Call of Duty, and my wife <laughs> wanted to watch something, so she went out to turn on the PS4 and said, uh, "What input does it have to be on?" Well, that's the only thing hooked up to the TV, so the inputs should never change. <laughs> And we went through all the input, and we don't get an image on anything. And I've taken it, powered it all the way down. I've checked all my cables. Powers up. It goes from orange to blue, but I get no image and no sound. <laughs> so, uh, wah, wah, yeah, wah. yeah, you, Sony. <laughs> $300 brick. <laughs> that said, I only bought that to play No Man's Land, and I ran out of patience for No Man's Sky, I should say. Um, <laughs> So I'm not too disappointed that it's gone, if it's gone. Hopefully, it's just going to be a matter of a new HDMI cable. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. Um, so that about covers it. Yes, we uh, we are back. We will be doing episodes every other week again. And look forward to us uh, doing more of these very soon. Jordan is going to try to be a lot better at it than I am. Well, getting them out. We we are editing. Who knows? <laughs> we'll we'll get them out, and we'll uh, be here on Mixler uh, every other Tuesday. Again, unless something happens where we have to cancel one, we we 
still got lives and, and speak for yourself. <laughs> so with that, I guess I'm Jeff King. And I remain the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast from Lavelle Province, discussing all aspects of the miniature wargaming hobby. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.